Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 7. We're continuing our study in this Old Testament book, Deuteronomy chapter 7. This is God's Word. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess, and he drives out many nations before you, the Hethites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and powerful than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you and you defeat them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaty with them, and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them, and you must not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons because they will turn your sons away from me to worship other gods. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will swiftly destroy you. Instead, this is what you are to do to them. Tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their carved images. For you are a holy people, belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord had his heart set on you and chose you not because you were more numerous than all peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know that the Lord, your God, is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. But he directly pays back and destroys those who hate him. He will not hesitate to pay back directly the one who hates him. So keep the command, the statutes and ordinances that I'm giving you to follow today. If you listen to and are careful to keep these ordinances, the Lord your God will keep his covenant loyalty with you as he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will bless your offspring and the produce of your land, your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, the young of your herds, and the newborn of your flocks in the land he swore to your fathers that he would give you. You will be blessed above all peoples. There will be no infertile male or female among you or your livestock. The Lord will remove all sickness from you. He will not put on you all the terrible diseases of Egypt that you know about, but he will inflict them on all who hate you. 
You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God is delivering over to you and not look on them with pity. Do not worship their gods, for that will be a snare to you. If you say to yourself, these nations are greater than I, how can I drive them out? Do not be afraid of them. Be sure to remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all Egypt, the great trials that you saw, the signs and wonders, the strong hand and outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you fear. The Lord your God will also send hornets against them until all the survivors and those hiding from you perish. Don't be terrified of them. The Lord, for the Lord your God, a great and awesome God, is among you. The Lord your God will drive out these nations before you little by little. You will not be able to destroy them all at once. Otherwise, the wild animals will become too numerous for you. The Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will hand their kings over to you and you will wipe out their names under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you. You will annihilate them. Burn up the carved images of their gods. Don't covet the silver and gold on the images and take it for yourself or else you will be ensnared by it. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring any detestable thing into your house, or you will be set apart for destruction like it. You are to abhor and detest it utterly, because it is set apart for destruction. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Well, let me just tell you, a lot of people have a problem with this passage, okay? I mean, this just, this does not fit with our modern sensibilities about what God's supposed to be like and how we're all supposed to behave, because we're supposed to be so busy celebrating diversity and uh, cultural differences that make us all unique and special. We're all unique, just like everyone else. Um, we're supposed to be so busy celebrating that, that um, the idea of God telling a nation, Israel, that they're supposed to go in and annihilate other nations? Well, that, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just not right. When I was in seventh grade, I actually had a Sunday school teacher who was in some ways used by God to sort of start a revival in our little community. He had been asked to teach Sunday school, apparently without anybody talking with him about whether or not he believed the Bible. And so um, he told a room full of seventh graders, most of whom I think were snoozing, that uh, when he came to certain passages like this, he'd say, and of course we know that that is not really what God said. He said, Moses said these things, but he was not speaking for God. God wouldn't say that. Well, you know, I was only 12, but... But I not only knew this book, I knew God. And so I spoke up and I said, excuse me, the Bible says that God said this. And he said, yeah, but that was just Moses. I said, so we are in the presence of one who is greater than Moses? He got that. He said, well, I don't believe that God would say this. And I said, on what basis? And he said, well, I just don't think it fits with the whole of, of 
what God has shown us about himself. Okay, I'm so glad that that man shared that. By the way, years later, he came back to our town and said, I want you to know I've become a Christian. Okay, now at that time, he was a seminary graduate and working for a church-related college. Okay, he just didn't know the Lord. Let me just tell you some things we need to understand as sort of a, a backdrop for this. Otherwise, we won't understand this. God created the heavens and the earth. God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living being. God says, do this and live, do this and you will die. And man said... I don't know, that looks pretty good. And the history of all humanity and the history of every individual on the planet except one is that we all say no to God, I'm going to do what I want to do even when God has warned us. And God amazingly puts up with a lot of that for a long time. But along the way, he warns and warns and warns, repent or you will be destroyed. Repent or you will be destroyed. Repent or you will be destroyed. And then, periodically, he shows us what that looks like. There was this guy named Noah. Remember him? And Noah and his family were spared in the midst of a universal flood that wiped out not only the people, but the animals. Well, I, I, don't, I certainly don't think the animals should have had to die. Well, God saved some of each. But the rest got destroyed. For God to put an end to all the animals may trouble us down in our tummies but the fact of the matter is, he created everything. He owns everything. There is no injustice in the fact that animals die. Death is part of the landscape. And so when God declares that certain people are going to be destroyed, he is not stepping out of bounds. And if you want to see how seriously God takes sin, Look at the cross. Look at the cross. We see the cross and we marvel at God's love for us, but the reason it's loving is because Jesus bore the wrath we deserve. But all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all of us deserve God's wrath. So the amazing thing is that God would become one of us so that he could take the punishment we deserve. That is amazing. That is mercy and grace. So verses 1 through 5 and verse 16 and verses 23 through 26 are a command to destroy and to destroy completely. And even though a lot of people find that difficult to digest, it is the Word of God. 
And we need to realize these were not just Israel's enemies. These were the enemies of God. For generations, they had engaged in extreme evil, all kinds of evil, violence against others, sexual perversion of all kinds. And God zeroes in on something that we had better take seriously, idolatry. Idolatry. God specifically addresses the idolatry of these people and the fact that their idolatry is likely to become a snare for the Israelites. And he says part of the appeal will be that the idols look so good. They're covered in gold and silver. Brothers and sisters, that sounds like today. Idols can look really good. They can have a veneer of what this world considers precious. But God reminds us that in heaven, gold will be used for paving material. People will walk on gold. In the description of the kingdoms of the earth that comes before that in Revelation, gold is at the top of what's valued and the bodies and souls of men are at the bottom. Heaven puts things back the way that it's supposed to be and will be in God's presence for eternity. Have you ever really wanted to make a difference in this world? You can. It's possible for you to be a part of a miraculous place where God is doing a work of healing in the lives of children who come from difficult circumstances. Where's Valley Ranch is a ministry that belongs to Jesus. He owns the place. My wife and I had the opportunity to be here when it was started, and we have watched God work miracle after miracle, providing when only 2% of the income of the ranch comes from the families of the children in our care. We take no government money, we have a policy of no debt, and that means every day that we operate, it's because God is working in the hearts of people who want to help children. You can make a difference that lasts for eternity, and I hope you will. Contact the ranch at wvr.org, or you can call us at 866-41-ABIDE. Let us hear from you. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And so, this is not just a command to destroy but it is a warning to Israel and to us. Look at verses 9 and 10. Know that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. But he directly pays back and destroys those who hate him. He will not hesitate to pay back directly the one who hates him. Be warned, Israel. Be warned, those who claim to be God's people. Because God's judgment is coming. And we need to take seriously 
those promises of God also. Hell is not something that's being preached very much in America's churches. You'll see very little of it on Christian television. You'll hear almost none of it on Christian radio. Because for all of the complaints from various people through the years about not wanting hellfire and brimstone, the fact of the matter is people who say that haven't been to church in a while. Because you can go almost anywhere and enter a church and not hear a thing about hell. It's just not good marketing, okay? It doesn't sell well. It doesn't connect with people. People want to feel better. But you see, if your goal is to try and just make sure everybody stays feeling good, you are not a good shepherd to the flock. You are not a faithful servant of the Lord. Now, the goal is not to try and make everybody feel badly. I do know some preachers like that. And they attract a following of people who, I think, grew up in abusive environments and just don't feel like they've really had an experience with God unless they get beaten up a little bit. I've had people thank me for stepping on their toes. I'm not looking for toes to step on. We do expository preaching, which means we work through the text and we just preach whatever it says. So what does it say? It says that God commanded his people as they moved into this promised land to annihilate some of God's enemies. And God was very specific. He didn't say whoever you find. He said there are seven nations that are bigger than you are. And you are to be my instrument in taking them out. In the midst of this, God gives his people a promise of covenant love. Look at verses 6 through 9. For you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. Don't miss that. Belonging to the Lord your God. You belong. You are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. God's sovereign grace. There it is. The Lord had his heart set on you and chose you not because you were more numerous than all peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. Throughout the Bible, the story is one of amazing grace, of undeserved love, and of God deliberately choosing the unlikeliest candidates. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I'll set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. 
Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective. Not many powerful. Not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world. What is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It is God's amazing grace by which we're saved. But God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Romans 2, verse 4. Don't take his kindness for granted. When God is patient and merciful and you see it, let that cause you to repent of that which displeases him. Finally, in verses 12 through 24, there are multiple promises of blessing, and of God providing victory over the enemy. Look in in verses 12 through 24 of Deuteronomy 7. If you listen to and are careful to keep these ordinances, the Lord your God will keep his covenant loyalty with you. Verse 13, he'll love you, bless you, and multiply you. He'll bless your offspring. Verse 14, you'll be blessed above all people. Verse 18, do not be afraid. Be sure to remember what the Lord your God did. The Lord your God, verse 19, will do the same. Verse 20, the Lord your God will also send hornets against your enemies until all the survivors and those hiding from you perish. Verse 21, don't be terrified of them. For the Lord your God, a great and awesome God, is among you. And the Lord your God will drive out these nations before you. Verse 23, the Lord your God will give them over to you. Verse 24, he'll hand their kings over to you. No one will be able to stand against you. You understand what God's saying? If we trust him and are doing what he's told us to do, we don't have to be afraid anymore. Why? Because the Lord your God, a great and awesome God, is among you. How does it state it in the New Testament? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, God's word to these ancient people 
is still instructive for us today. God tells a bunch of undeserving folks, I have chosen to love you and to make you my own. Now I want you to love me and do what I say. And don't be ensnared by the beautiful, shiny idols of the world around you. Don't destroy your life trying to get what God has said is not for you. Trust Him and obey Him, and you will be glad. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.